Hi, Hi. Welcome to Fempreneur True Confessions Podcast. Welcome, everyone. I'm Laura, um, and I'm the owner of ODA Virtual Assistant Agency. We are a small boutique-style virtual assistant agency that helps with project management and administra administrative duties and needs in your business um, to really help you thrive on the back end so that you can get things done in your business that just take too much time sometimes. You just don't want to do. So we are here to help support small businesses and women in business um, with that back-end need. Awesome. And I'm Angelique with Lady Powerhouse Solutions. And Lady Powerhouse Solutions is a heart-centered approach to offering project and event management to women entrepreneurs that are on fire and lighten up the world with their passion and drive. And we help them achieve their missions in the most authentic way possible. Most of our project and event management does revolve around digital marketing. Go figure. All these online businesses that started uh, entering the well the world the workplace but the world um you know after the pandemic and then all those businesses that were brick and mortar that suddenly had to have an online presence so um and i started my business in late 2019 so it just made a lot of sense that that was a need that small businesses had that i could provide so that's pretty much where we've been the past, oh, wow, four years yeah. going on for, it has been four years because I started in May of 2019. So, yeah. um, so that's Lady Power Solutions. That's me. And together we're Fempreneur True Confessions podcast. Yes, we are. And our mission here on the podcast is to empower women in business as well as in life to live authentically as well as support each other, um, get out of the idea of competition and competing, but instead more of that abundance mindset where we know that there's enough, there's just love and bringing that in and to not compete with each other. Um, we do model this authenticity through our business, our personal relationships, um, and other areas of our lives. So we are here to empower other women to also do the same, to take out the competition, to just help support, um, be there for each other. You never quite know when you're going to need it or when somebody around you your needs story. It. Definitely. And this week has shown that truth. So, um, you know, we definitely have experienced a lot through this last week and a half or so just in general. And being able to know for me, having that support from from people that could be direct competition, it just didn't matter. It was, hey, this is what's going on. This is the truth. Please help someone. So it's it's wonderful to have that feeling when we don't have to worry about that. And we can just speak and support each other and get what we need from each other. So. Absolutely. So again, we're, we're wanting to normalize the challenges that women entrepreneurs face, share the lessons that are learned, the common goal is lift other women up. We're not tearing people down. That is not the point here. We're not out here airing dirty laundry so we can point fingers and go, ha, 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 you're so stupid. That is not it. It is about modeling the real challenges that we face as business owners, but especially as women. And especially as women, because what we found when we reached out to each other for support, 
and we decided to start the podcast, we did a little research because, you know, you want to go out and see, hey, am I alone in this? No, 80% of female entrepreneurs don't feel like there's any mentors out there. Don't feel like there's the support. There's no place to go to get the questions answered that they have. And so that's what we're trying to do here is, is, is build, maintain, and grow a sisterhood that believes in abundance mindset, sharing our challenges, and helping each other rise to our highest potential. And we have an awesome guest with us today. Her name is Rachel Radway. So excited to have you here, Rachel. And when we bring her up, I'm going to introduce her. Um, so Rachel is a certified professional coach, mentor, and consultant who helps experienced and emerging women leaders find clarity, find their voice, solve problems, and navigate change. Areas she specializes in include communication and leadership, self-care and preventing burnout, as well as building a safe, inclusive, organizational culture where individuals and teams can thrive. <laughs> she strongly believes that leadership is a, isn't about your title. It's about the way you get others to align with the work, uh, align and work towards a shared vision or goal, regardless of the size of your organization or community. Rachel thrives on change. She's lived in nine countries, eight U.S. states, and countless cities and towns, has also traveled extensively as well. She had several careers and a range of roles in tech startups, global Fortune 500s, and national nonprofits across a range of industries. She has served as chair of a nonprofit board and had a few small businesses of her own. A common thread has been helping people communicate across functions and cultures. And Rachel loves languages and all kinds, uh, languages of all kinds, and is a published writer and editor. And with all that, I guess. Welcome. Hi. Welcome, Rachel. Hi there, and thank you. Thank you both for having me. Absolutely. Well, we're excited to hear your story. We, you know, we always talk for a few minutes um, before we go live. And uh, Rachel has a, a really cool story. So I'm kind of just going to say, you know, take it away. Um, you, I think we, we were going to start where you took that giant leap of faith, like mm -hmm. so many of us have, or maybe you're out there listening right now and you're teetering um, and you know you want to take this giant leap of faith, but it's so, so scary. But you feel like this is really where you are supposed, what you're supposed to be doing. It's where your, your heart is telling you. And maybe you're having a little fight between your heart and your head. So Rachel has a really good story uh, to share with you today um, about taking that giant leap of faith, whether you're burned out or not. Um, but you just know you need to make a change. So where do we start, Rachel? <laughs> well, I, I can start with just uh, telling your listeners a little bit about my background, which, um, which led up to that leap of faith. I have been in, had been in the corporate world for 20 years or so. I won't give away the exact number, but um, as Laura mentioned in my introduction, I had, I've had a lot of careers. I started out in 
um, internal communications and large companies also as a writer and editor. I did some marketing, copywriting, and a number of different kinds of writing and editing work. Um, and I worked for small companies, large companies. She already gave you all the, all the, the top level introduction there. So I'd done that for a long time in a lot of different environments. And I'll fast forward to 2014 when I was the director of global content for a Fortune 500, a, a large global organization. And I was unhappy and my health was affected and I yeah. had kind of turned into someone I wasn't liking very much. And I realized as I reflected, I had been working 12 hour days, sometimes really crazy weeks. Um, I finally understood that I was burned out. It took me a while to get to that place, to really come to that realization and to admit it. And, and what was that like for you, that burnout? How did you experience it? Uh, yes, you were unhappy, but was there anything else going on? Yeah, I mean, I was exhausted. I was um i really wasn't functioning like my normal self and i realized it was it was hard to get excited about things it was hard to even relate to people the way that i normally did and i thought you know well it's just this job i need to get another job and i actually did interview <laughs> and it came down to me and one other person at a at a large company that all of you have heard of and for a, a very senior position and the other person got the job it turns out it was a friend of mine side anecdote who got the job and we talked later and it was for many many reasons it was a really good thing i did not get that job i realized it, i couldn't have done that job any better or any differently than i was doing the one i was already in because i just really needed the time off mm -hmm. and this was incredibly scary for me because i was single, living on my own in California, not a cheap place to live. I owned my own place or had a mortgage, so the bank owned it. Um, but I honestly had no idea what I was going to do. And I took several months to really do some deep soul searching and figure out what I needed, what I wanted, what I could do. And I do believe in signs and I figured, all right, I'm going to put this out to the universe and I'm going to see what happens. And I had already scheduled a trip. It was, um, as you've heard, I've, I had traveled extensively and lived abroad already. And I, I had scheduled a big trip for later that year to Peru, which was a place that I knew a lot about and had never been. And I finally decided, you know what, I'm going to move to Peru. <laughs> And there was a lot of thought that went into it and around it. And there was a lot of planning and there was a lot of, you know, just stuff that I, that I went through that I won't go into detail with here, but I basically decided uh, to quit my job, sell my home in the Bay area, get rid of all my stuff and move to rural Peru. And I did, and I landed and it was hard and it was amazing and it was mm -hmm. fun and it was super challenging. And I ended up staying in Peru for four months and then moving to Ecuador where I actually bought a little Adobe house in the mountains, in the Andes. And uh, together I was, a, I was in South America for about a year and a half or so. 
And I ended up doing a little bit of um, freelance work and I actually ended up being hired as the COO for a small um, startup organization in Ecuador, which was an amazing experience. But basically I had no idea when I took that leap where I was going, where I was gonna end up, what I was gonna do, how I was gonna support myself. Um, I just knew that it was something I had to do because life as it was, was not working and I was not working. And I was, I had turned into this whole other human being. Um, it was honestly, obviously you weren't happy with. Exactly. Exactly. It had, it was hands down the best decision that I've ever made. Um, and it was, it led to a lot of adventures. I actually stayed in Ecuador. Well, I, as I mentioned, I was in South America about a year and a half. Um, then for some personal reasons, I ended up selling my little house there and moving to Portugal, where I was for about a year and a half. And um, Laura mentioned in my intro, I love languages. So there was a lot, I, I love cultural immersion. That was all really amazing, even though it was very, very hard for a lot of reasons. Mm -hmm. um, and that led me to one of the things that I think we're going to talk about next, which uh, was when I didn't want to really come back to the States, but ended up moving back to the States. Okay. And um, I figured, all right, it's time to start working again. I need to get serious. I need to get another job. I need to, you know, really get back into my life. And, and I've had all this time off and it's been great, but now it's time to be a working girl again and start earning some money. So I, um, I was trying to pivot. I wanted to get out of the writing and editing and the content um, development and the communications area and do something a little bit different. And I had operations experience. And I, as I mentioned, I had been the, the COO of this startup in Ecuador. So I started trying to get jobs in operations. Mm -hmm. Nine months later, with uh, a few interviews under my belt and no job, I thought, okay, well, this clearly isn't working. So what's Wow, next? nine months. Yeah, it was, I, I really, um, I had moved back to a place that wasn't my, uh, that wasn't where I had been living. I was, I was living in Oregon and it was pre-COVID and it was still very much a sort of network-based community. So I was also, I was trying to pivot professionally in a place where I really didn't know very many people. So that was yeah. doubly challenging. Yeah. But I decided to apply for a grad program in international education management, which was something that actually really excited me. And it was a school that I had actually thought about going to for my master's program many years before had been accepted into, had decided not to go to. And so it felt like things were coming full circle. I applied to the program. I got in, I got ready to go. I was all excited mm -hmm. about it. And then a job that I had applied for that I had completely forgotten about. It was one of those, okay, I'm just gonna apply because I'm feeling desperate and I need something. Yeah. Through. And they interviewed me and then they offered me the job and they even up-leveled the job to meet my experience and skills. And this job was an editorial role, editorial director role at a large international company 
that actually has a huge international education management component to it. So here I was faced with this massive choice. I could go into this master's program at a place that I was really excited about and come out with what felt like an overwhelming amount of debt in the middle of my life. So maybe not the best time to be in a lot of debt. It, it felt a little uncomfortable, but I was excited about the program. Or I could take this job that was actually in Switzerland. <laughs> Whoa. Um, yeah. So that was that was part of, of the of the big decision. So I wasn't actually excited about Switzerland because I've done a lot of intercultural communication studies and I I it didn't feel like that was going to be a great fit for me personally. But the company is based in a lot of different places and is in the field that I'm interested in. And they are known for um, moving their employees around. If there's a fit, they will they will move you around and give you different opportunities. So I thought, OK, not super psyched about the, you know, the role specifically or the location. But if I go and I make it work, then maybe in a year or so I can switch and go to one of their other locations and move into yeah. one of the other parts of the company. I should mention that there were some yellow flags along the way, in addition to my own feelings about it. Um, I never was able to see the hiring manager who was a vice president there face to face. Um, there were excuses about bandwidth and other things. We did talk several times. We, I just never was able to see her face. Also, I asked them, this was a director role, and I said, could you fly me out there so I could see the office and meet people in person? And they came back and said no. And I should have noted that more carefully than I did. Yeah. Hindsight's it, always twenty twenty. It It absolutely is. So, again, head and heart decision, right? Big, big decision. And... My heart was telling me to go to grad school and my head was telling me, make the smart choice. You're already, you're in your fifties. You don't need to take on that debt, take the job. The pay is good. You'll find your way. So I moved to Switzerland. Um, I, can I just say, wait, hold on. <laughs> just, just that <laughs> sentence alone. So I moved to Switzerland. It's, it's just like, I don't think it's as outrageous as it used to sound, you know, since COVID we've gotten a lot more flexy, you know, mm -hmm. like with what is quote unquote normal or acceptable. Um, and I'm, if those who aren't watching, I'm using air quotes. Um, but, and I heard um, a comedian, uh, I can never remember his name. But he he said something about the Swiss, and his dad was uh, lived in Switzerland, and um, you know he wanted to surprise his dad. He learned to speak German, which is his father spoke German, and so he walked in and he he said, you know, hello, father, or whatever in German, and his father just looked at him and said, no, don't don't do that, and <laughs> he wasn't being rude or mean. He was just being Swiss. <laughs> And, and I thought, okay, that really like gives you a lot of insight into their culture 
Mm -hmm. And they're, you know, just the overall. So I'm curious. Now I have to know after you, how long did you live there? Well, a total of about five or six months. Hmm. So during your time there, was that kind of your impression? Are they kind of more direct, very? Oh, the Swiss are very, very direct. So keep in mind that there are many different cultures within cultures because yes you know there's the german area there's the french area there's the italian area um and each of those is very different i did live i lived in lucerne which was in the the german area and uh yes they are very direct and very pragmatic and i i don't thank you that was the word i was looking for Yeah. yeah 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 it's and I don't have a problem with any of that. There were some other things about the culture that made it really not a good fit for me. Um, as I said, I knew that beforehand and it was pretty much substantiated by living there. Um, the, the bigger challenge for me was the environment. And it was, um, it was pretty toxic. Uh, I won't go into details, but there were, um, the role was not as described and I was unhappy. I knew pretty much within a week or so that I had made a huge mistake. Mm -hmm. And there I was halfway across the world. Um, my stuff was being shipped over and it was literally en route. So my stuff was on a boat. I had rented an apartment with a year long lease with a four month notice clause. And I was like, okay, I'm here. I need to make this work. Mm -hmm. And so for another two months, more or less, I tried to make it work. (laughs) And I, you know, because in the beginning, when you start a new position, there is a lot of, well, there's a pecking order for lack of a better word. Um, And up until, I don't don't know about anyone else that's listening, but for, I didn't know what a toxic work environment was. I did not know what that meant until I left a corporate position and went into finance, which was kind of a dream job for me. I had wanted to be a CPA. This was for a, a large investment firm. I really thought I was going to enjoy it. I hated it because I was constantly looking over my shoulder. um, And I was very late to the game of realizing that people were just watching me like a hawk and making note of every little thing that I didn't do that was expected. Yeah. Um, And then and then just having it thrown in your face repeatedly. Mm-hmm. And, and when you first get there, you think everybody is good and they're like you. And then to find out that not all the people are good. In fact, if they're still there and they've been there for any length of time, they're probably really bad. Like that, that, that toxicity they've acclimated to it mm-hmm. it's not that they came in as a bad person but in order to survive they had to adjust 
mm-hmm. and do things that were toxic. And I, I just refused to do it. And in doing so, was repeatedly bludgeoned um, verbally and, you know, emotionally and professionally. Um, but how do you, without, you know, like, like you said, you can't go, this company did this, this, and this because you, you have to protect the, the innocent and you don't want to get sued. Um, but <laughs> no, really like you don't, um, cause these companies, they're bigger than you. Right. Mm-hmm. And, but I, that's the only way I know how to describe a toxic work environment. You know, that thing that goes around right now on social media, describe that you're a preschool teacher without saying you're a preschool teacher. And then, you know, they show some kind of picture. How do you describe the toxicity in your work environment without being specific? So I think, you know, what you said at the beginning that you didn't know what a toxic environment meant until you landed in one. I think it's important to keep in mind that different things are toxic to different people. Not everyone, not everyone is going to thrive in the same kind of environment and not everyone is going to find the same kind of environment toxic. So to me, what's, what's really less important is the specific things that made the environment, what I call toxic. It was more, it is more, identifying that this does not align with you, with who you are, with, um, you know, either it's either the way people behave or the way, you know, the, the unwritten rules or the, um, the things that you're expected to do or the way people are treated. I mean, it can be a lot of, it could be any or all of those things, right. Or, or other ones. I think the most important part of it is is recognizing and admitting that it's not aligned with who you are and what you want and how you want to show up and how you want to live your life that's a great and that it's not healthy there right yeah and you don't know until you're there sometimes i think there's some there are some things you could probably figure out in advance but you don't know until you're there yeah. Um, and you don't know right away most of the time because right away most everybody's being really nice to you because they want you to to trust them. Okay. Um so okay, so you made it work for a couple of months. I did, just barely. <laughs> and then I I wasn't even planning on giving notice. Uh, yet I was trying to hold out longer. And then one day I was in a one-on-one and it just came out of my mouth. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I'm sorry, this isn't working. I gotta go. Yeah. And um, there was a lot to work out because actually that it, as a European company, there was actually a four month notice period there too, which to us in the United States is crazy. It's like, how do you give someone four months notice and then, you know, sit around? We dealt with all of that and I dealt with the apartment and I dealt with all of my stuff. And then my actual stuff arrived and I had to say to the guys, but don't unpack it. <laughs> I'm going back. Just turn around and take it back. 
Yeah. So it was, <laughs> oh man, it was rough. It was, it was really, really rough. But I will tell you the, the, that rock that had been sitting in the pit of my stomach for weeks, as soon as I made the decision and it came out, it was gone. It was like, it was a huge relief. Mm -hmm. And I was still terrified about what was going to happen next. I mean, what did I just do to myself? And like, yeah. I, I, that was a, that was a big tangent, mm -hmm. but I also knew that I had made the right decision to leave. And, um, I use that example in my head every time I am faced with a head versus heart decision. And I know that throughout the course of my life, I don't, we were talking about this a little bit before we started recording. I, I don't regret a lot of things because I, because everything is a learning experience and right. I truly believe that. Mm -hmm. um, but anything that I've done in my life, any decision that I've made that I do regret or that I've really felt was not a good one um, <laughs> has generally been making the decision from my head and not from my heart or mm -hmm. doing something that was out of alignment with me and my core values. And so that's something that I bring into my current work and my coaching practice and, and work with my clients on too. That makes sense. Yeah. With it, that whole, the whole thing, like when leaving corporate it was like, you just left. Like I didn't have an exit strategy. I just a strategy, and I just I got out. Like it was it one day. It was just like I'm enough. Here's my two weeks. I'm out. Like it's I'm done. Um, and I was completely petrified. But that very last day, I was like, for someone who's so scared that just left, you know, the world in the, the way that I did that I had known it up to that, you know, during that time. And it was 12 years all of a sudden just given. It was just so relieving. And not that the fear went away, like, oh, God, what's now what? That you made this decision. But the way it felt immediately was like, okay. So yeah, I'm completely petrified, but this feels good. I'm good. You know, like something in here felt fine. And it, it, it makes it, you know, that idea of it. So it's definitely um, sometimes, you know, that rash decision where you're like, this is it. That's dead. Um, and it's, you know, that idea of if you don't feel that relief when you've made that decision, maybe there's something maybe. to reconsider. But for the most part, yeah. Yeah. So we've mentioned, or you have mentioned, um, Rachel, core values a couple of times. And I know that some people may not truly understand what that is, how to figure it out. Mm -hmm. Do you have any tips for them? There are different ways to do it. And actually, when I was... Um, when I work with clients, there are a couple of different ways that we can, that we look at it, but it, at the very simplest level, it comes down to, um, what are the things that in, that everything else boils down to for you? And if you had to, so there's a, I'm, I'm trying to think of like the different 
simple tools that I know to, to talk about this. There's actually a very visual one. You can, if somebody has sort of a, a general idea of what, you know, okay, I'm going to interrupt myself again. <laughs> there are, you can like Google a list of values on the internet and you can come up with a list of like 10, 20, 30 values that are common for a lot of people. You can do an exercise with yourself, cut that list down to 10, put it away for a day, come back, look at it again, cut that list down to five, put it away for another couple of days, come back, cut that list down to, oh, and by the way, if, if there are any that are missing at the beginning that you, as you're looking at it, that feel important to you, add them in. Once you get down to the top five or so, it can be really hard to figure out, you know, which your absolute core are. But but the general idea is these are the things that guide the way you are in the world. They help you make decisions. They help you, um, you know, figure out how, how you want to work, where you want to work, where you want to live, what kind of home you want to be in. Do you want to be near your family or away from your family? Do you want a family? Do you want to have kids? Do you want to get married? Do you want, you know, all of these major life decisions can be guided by your core values. And if you struggle figuring out which are the really, really top ones, there's a simple exercise you can do with literally, I can hold out my hands, left hand, right hand. So in the left hand, I've got connection and in the right hand i've got financial stability all right those are both values that are very 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 important to a lot of people how do you figure out which one is the most important say you're you're thinking about taking a different job and you've got an offer in front of you and it offers you different kinds of things and you're trying to figure out which of these is most important literally make it come down to these two so in this job you are either, you just make up a scenario that, that fits whatever you're uh -huh. trying to do between. Right. So you can say either it pays you, you know, really, really well, and you will be able to pay all your bills and put money away and take vacations and whatever it is you want to do. And you will be alone in an office by yourself and have no contact with other people during the course of your day. Or you can have this other job, which is all about your interactions with other people and your relationships. And there's a lot of collaboration, but it doesn't pay you as much. Yeah. You know, sit with that. Mm -hmm. And there's also, I mean, there are other tools you can use. There are a bunch of questions you can ask about, like, how would you feel if, and then, you know, to really examine that. Yeah, I know. And in, in, I was in corporate for decades and I did a lot of internal transfers. Like I would see a job that I would I would be like, you know, hey, that might get me a raise or hey, that's an area I'd really like to learn more about or whatever. And then applying for that was just the first step. But once I actually got an offer, then I would sit down and make that list of pros and cons and decide, OK, yes, this is worth it, the change uh, and or no, it's not. Um, I know one thing that really helps, uh, uh, the businesses that I work with, sometimes they will come to me and they don't have these core values defined. I ask them that question and they're like, well, uh, 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 this means you don't know. 
So why always lead them to Dr. Uh, uh, Demartini? And he has a uh, core values assessment online. It's totally free. It does take you a little bit of time, but it's a great uh, free resource. So, um, you know, that's an, another thing is Google is your friend. Um, there are plenty of them out there. I'll, we'll drop, drop a link for Demartini, but um, because that's the one I always refer my clients to when, when there's a little bit of um, room for improvement in the core values area. So where did we leave off? Or where are we headed next? I am not sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you had them send all that stuff back home. You left oh, the job. Yes. Um, what was the next big turning point? Well, or life next, lesson. The next really important one, I think, was um, I guess where I ended up earlier this year. So I um, I was able to make that the pivot that I wanted to make in terms of working more on the operations side. And I um, was working for a company that I loved and I got laid off. And that was not the first time in my career. I've been laid off several times. I've been working for a long, long time. So it happens. Um, I ended up taking the severance package and doing something that I had wanted to do for about 14 years, which was to take a an intensive advanced coach training program i had gone to a few um introductory events for some coaching institutes years and years and years ago and was really mm -hmm. really interested in it and it, it appealed to me but it just wasn't the right time and suddenly it was the right time so i took the course and um it was a month-long course it was very intensive it was very different from many of the other courses that are out there and got really excited about it. And I finally felt some internal alignment. I decided at that point that I was going to grow this coaching business slowly on the side for the next few years as, um, as I worked full time and you know put a little bit of money in away, away since I had taken all that time off, there really wasn't anything put away. Um, so that was the plan. Then I, got um, a contract job that also ended. And so there I was once again, faced with a choice. Well, I could um, try to take another job in, a, in an economy that's not very friendly to people in the tech industry, or I could just do what I really, really wanted to, but was terrified to do, which was to go out on my own and um this time i went with the heart decision and i couldn't be more thrilled and i realized that it's really so i had a plan when i was a teenager i was super driven i knew what i wanted to do i was actually going to go into languages i wanted to be a translator and interpreter and that plan took me from like 17 16 17 through to 22 and then it ended for reasons I won't even get into here. I tried to get back to it about 10 years later, bad timing. This 
is the first time this this whole last journey that I've been on is the first time in literally decades that I have had a vision that is detailed and thorough and that I am super excited about. And I know that when that comes through the universe does its thing and that's what that's what makes you that's what helps you move forward and and um brings what you want to it, it helps you consciously create what you want to create yeah. nice Definitely. so where are you at right now we only have a few minutes left but um is there like where how do you want to wrap it up basically well i am so i am in a fantastic place i am working with individual clients um i work with women leaders who are either seasoned or or experienced uh, seasoned and experienced or emerging new leaders um or aspiring to be leaders on everything from figuring out your core values and how to be a leader who is aligned in those things to setting boundaries and maintaining those boundaries so that you can balance your personal and professional lives to um, how to find your authentic voice and leadership presence to creating as the my introduction mentioned safe inclusive spaces for your team and for your organization I'm also working on some programs uh, that I'm developing that are more um, oriented towards women who identify as introvert leaders, women leaders who identify as introverts or highly sensitive, other things that can make it even tougher um, mm -hmm. to find what some people consider traditional success. But for those of us who want to stay in the corporate world or you know in the um in the world of work uh looking at how you can work with again being true to yourself and the and your needs and setting boundaries and um and still being a leader awesome love that well, that's fantastic. Thank you again for sharing your story with us. And uh, what a uh, what a grand adventure. Um, and, you know, I, I really appreciate your honesty and your transparency, because I think it's important for people, women especially, to know that, oh, she made a mistake, but like she was able to change her mind, right? And do something that that ultimately she's really happy with doing. And like, isn't that really the goal, you know, that that you like what you do? I know I do. I, I love what I do every day. Um, yeah. So, uh, and you have a... Um, awesome offer for our listeners. I do, or I, I hope your listeners think it's awesome. So, um, yes, Laura, you want to? Um, sure. 
tell tell us about her offer? Absolutely. So Rachel offers a free one hour coaching session to anyone who's seriously interested in exploring whether coaching might be right for them. She has generously offered a second free uh, a session exclusively to our listeners. Um, so uh, if you use the code Fempreneur in, um, in there, and we will make sure that's in the show notes as well. Um, and then please the or in the book. in the please share anything box. You'll have to put it in that box when you're in there. And then we'll put the link as well to schedule that. So you'll get two free sessions with her as our listeners. And that is just really exciting. I mean, that's awesome. I mean, yes. I think I mean, I offered free consults, too. But to have a second pass, sort of speak at it is is a fantastic value. Mm -hmm. So thank you for that. Mm -hmm. um, next week's guest is Candice Montgomery. And we like to do a kind of a unique thing um, just to show solidarity and support for women on for other women. Um, we like the current guest to introduce the next guest and Rachel has generously offered to do that. Sure. So Candace Montgomery is a business educator, course creator, and three-time business owner. When she started her first business, Candace had no idea where to begin. She had no mentors or guides leading the way. Even though, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, even though she was on her own, she knew what she wanted and understood her purpose. She decided she wasn't going to give up no matter how hard it got. Her journey, her journey certainly had its ups and downs. Through grit and hard work, she landed on the other side, now leading three businesses of her own. She is debt-free and eager to continue on her entrepreneurial journey. Being a boss has changed her life, and she wants to help others achieve their version of success as well. That's awesome. I love that. Love that, love that. So... Um, our ask this week is please sign up for the newsletter. We give uh, weekly sneak peeks for the upcoming guests and we're a monthly recap email for all the free and discounted resources that our guests offer each and every week to our listening audience. Um, and yeah, that's a wrap. Yeah. So we will see you guys next week. Same bat channel, same bat time yeah. with our guest, Candace Montgomery. Well, have a great one, you guys. Have a great week.